I know a lot of people that listen to this channel are nonprofit employees, and I recently had someone reach out to me that is a subscriber and ask, Rebecca, how do you navigate leadership positions, especially as a woman in the nonprofit industry? And so I wanted to speak to that. I actually have a whole bunch of experience in navigating uh, leadership positions, and I had a lot of trouble navigating leadership positions. I knew I wanted to go from direct service to leadership because I'm much more of a strategic thinker. Um, I wanted a title that brought me into management. I wanted to start supervising employees um, and I wanted to be on the more administrative end, but making that leap seemed difficult. Halfway, half of it was difficult because of the industry itself and how it's set up. And the other half was because of me and my attitude. And I have learned a lot over the years of how specifically women, but these are good for anyone, can navigate going from kind of the direct service or the smaller level, entry level positions in a nonprofit and really making sure that you make it into leadership. So that's what today's episode is gonna be on. Let's dive in. Welcome to episode 40 of Four Purpose Live, where I help you get clear, get focused, and be impactful by showing you how to step fully into the calling that you have been giving without taking on that common narrative that nonprofits have to struggle. That's right, together we can get you in your sweet spot using your strengths and talents to serve this world while building a movement to support your mission simply by living for purpose, on purpose. I'm Rebecca Britt, your host, and today we are talking about navigating leadership positions within a nonprofit. Now, if you have stepped out into your calling and you feel like, oh my gosh, this is just a nightmare, um, and I didn't think that this is what not running a nonprofit would be, then you can go grab my free web class that is running a thriving nonprofit without killing yourself. That's at fourpurposelive.com slash secrets. Gain access today. Okay, so let's dive into navigating positions. And my first point is going to be, one, a little bit obvious, but two, um, possibly an unpopular opinion. And we're going to talk about like equal pay and equal rights for a minute here. Okay. Point one is advocate for yourself. And I know a lot of movements are out there saying equal pay. I'm a woman. I should get equal pay. I should be, you know, paid what my male counterpart is being paid in uh, as a general theory. I get that. Like if, if it is really apples to apples, you're a teacher he's a teacher, exact same resume, then yes, all teachers should get paid the same. All police officers should get paid the same. All entry-level social workers should get paid the same. But in a lot of nonprofit positions, we're just not dealing with apples to apples. We're dealing with different positions, different skill sets, different backgrounds, different levels of experience. And I'll tell you what really matters is the different levels of confidence and how how much you value yourself. Okay, so I'm going to tell you a story that feels like I could blame the nonprofit that hired me, but in the end, it was really on me. That was the one thing that would have gotten me more money and me paid better. So there was a director of development that was being hired at the same time as a director of engagement and communications or something. And I applied for the director of engagement and communications and this guy applied for direct, uh, director of development. We were about the same age. We had about the same level of experience. 
One thing that was different was that he currently had a job and I had recently moved here, so I didn't have a job and I was desperate to get a job. Hear that? Desperate. He wasn't desperate. Okay. The other thing is, yes, he was a man. And I think that society had basically helped him realize that he was valuable, you know? And I feel like I brought into like, I hope they think I'm valuable into the uh, interview. So he kind of sat there simply with this air of like, listen, if you want me, you're lucky to have me. And he put his value out there. And then he demanded that he would be a director level position. And he said he would need this kind of office. And he said that he would need $75,000. I sat in my interviews, took the director job description and wanted the job so bad and felt like I needed a job and wanted them to select me that I, you know, overshared. Very was obvious, I think, that I was desperate for the position, even though I was so qualified. I had so much going for me and they really were, were would be so lucky to have me. I undervalued myself. And when they said, what would you be willing to take? I said, 38.5. Like, I was like, I would be willing to start at 38.5. Well, guess what they did to me? They were like, wow, she's awesome, but she undervalues herself. They kept the exact same job description. They took the title from man director to manager. So now I was the community uh, education and engagement manager instead of the community education and engagement director. The only reason they did that was because people that made that low of an income, 38.5, were not director level. They were manager levels. So they're like, we're going to take advantage of the fact that she only needs 38.5, but we can't make her a director. We'll make her a manager. But you know what? Let's just put all of the things that she has to do under the manager job description. And yes, when I went in, I asked them, okay, so you've changed the director status, but I want to know, like, how do I make it to director? So what would my job description be if I was then, if I was able to be a director? And they reassured me that, you know what, this is just, um, you know, for the first six months. And as long as I can prove, they were like, we're not confident that you can actually do all of this. We're going to have you do it all. Uh, but once you prove that you can do it all in six months, we'll just give you the director title. But this is kind of like a probation period and we'll give you a pay raise. So then I was like, okay, sure. Of course, in six months, they didn't remember having that conversation. Um, and had I just gone in and advocated for myself from the beginning, said, you know what, um, you know, I, I want 65, this is my value, I wasn't desperate, and I stuck strong, they would have hired me as a director at 65,000. I literally could have made double what I pitched by just believing in myself. So were they right? Are they right in undervaluing me? No, but you need to value yourself first. And it wasn't that they saw this man as somebody more valued than this woman. It was that this man saw himself more valuable than this woman saw herself. So I'm just saying, take a little bit of ownership over your value. And if you truly believe that you are as valuable as you say you are, or as valuable as the next guy, then act like it. Act like it in an interview, demand that, okay? And do not take anything that is below that or is not aligned with what you think is your value. Another thing that I'll say is 
it, once you're in a company or in an organization, you do not want to add to toxic culture. I have been somebody that has added to toxic culture. I am a challenger. I'm an Enneagram 8. I go in, I see what's wrong with places. And for the longest time, instead of seeing all those things as opportunities, I would go in and be like, this is messed up. We've got to change this. They shouldn't, you know, of course I was mad. They shouldn't uh, promise me this pay and then not do it. This is all messed up. Well, guess who was sticking around? Me. I still stayed there. I still allowed them to treat me that way. So all my, my only rule now is don't complain about it if you are actively engaged in it. And I get that some people are stuck in employment positions where they just possibly couldn't leave and they're just completely stuck. But for the most part, especially in today's world, you can leave. So if you're going to sit there every day and complain about how things are, one, don't expect anybody to give you a leadership position because you've, you're already like not happy to be there. You think that you should be able to run everything. And if you ran everything, everything would be great. And you know, you're not happy there. So you're, they're not going to give you a leadership position. That's not how to set yourself up for that. But what you can do is choose to not actively engage in things you complain about. And that is simply if they are texting you at 3 a.m. and that's not okay with you, my first question for you is going to be, do you respond? Listen, I don't let people uh, reach out to me after business hours. And if they do, it's fine. I don't complain about it because I just don't respond until the next day. Like they're allowed to reach out. I just don't respond. Okay. And then I don't get upset about it and I've set my boundary, but you don't know how many people will like respond on, on, on a holiday. And then they're like, yeah. And they, they reach out on holidays. We're not even supposed to work this day. Did it? Then don't work that day. Like take some accountability for that. Okay. And then that will free you up to not be in that toxic uh, this is wrong and this is wrong and you know, they shouldn't do this and they shouldn't make me okay If you want to be a leader You need to start setting boundaries and you do that not in a way you don't even need to say it You don't say well the way we do this is wrong. So I'm not participating anymore. You just don't participate I have gone so far as to not show up to mandatory meetings because the mandatory meeting is completely useless and then every time I tried to talk about like, how could we do these differently? Could we change up these meetings? They didn't want to listen or they kind of listened, but never implemented anything. So then I just stopped showing up and guess what? They so didn't want to have the conversation that they just ignored the fact that I didn't show up. Or if they come to me and they say, Hey, Rebecca, we noticed you're not showing up at the meetings. Then I can be like, Oh, this is awesome. Now we're able to have this conversation, right? And you have a really meaningful, positive conversation without sitting in a meeting, being disgruntled, being somebody that you don't want to be. Okay. So setting up those boundaries and how would a leader respond? And it doesn't mean being fake. A leader leads the way. So lead by example and show up and have your boundaries be true. Uh, and aligned with where you, what you think would be best for the organization. There have been systems and processes that I have not followed because I feel like they are actually hurting the organization. And I am fine with the ball dropping and them saying like, why didn't you do this thing? Like we're supposed to get this report out and we're supposed to do it like by the seat of our pants or write this grant really quick. And I'm like, this doesn't work for me to write a really good grant. Um, in 12 hours, we're going to need more time than that. And like, let's talk about how we can do that better in the future. But this, I feel like me rushing in to do this is just showing you that like, this is okay. And it's not okay. So that's how I bring in a leadership perspective.
Point number two is put in the time. I am a nonprofit consultant, so I easily go into organizations and can see the issues. Like I can automatically identify, ooh, do they have culture issues? Do they have communication issues? Do they have systems issues? Do they, are they not clear? Are they not focused? Which is good. It's good that I can see those things. But the last thing you want to do is start pointing those things out. You need to be willing to give time, six months, a year of employment, two years, three years, okay? And sit back and observe. And that is the hardest thing for somebody like me to do. I am a challenger and likely my opinion's gonna come out, okay? But the more you can sit back and observe and just think to yourself, that's interesting, that's interesting. You know, you're starting to see that the way the executive director works doesn't really work for you. You're starting to think, oh, these systems kind of, and maybe you like try to help a little bit and you see, you know, would this work? And you notice that there's some issues, but you just sit back and observe. Do your job and observe, okay? Because if you come out the gate with all of these things are wrong, we should try this, you guys should have done this, did all my answers are right and you guys are all messed up, then again, you're making friction and they're feeling like you don't understand them. And what I have learned is even the most messed up nonprofits that I've been a part of, they do have reasons for why they run the way they do. They have reasons for why things are so messed up. Uh, maybe you don't know like how many you know staff came in and then they lost budget and then a new staff came in and she said she was gonna do all this stuff. Unless you're gonna be there for the long haul anyway, two, three, four years, then you shouldn't change a bunch of stuff because you're gonna leave and leave them high and dry, okay? So sit back, gain uh, perspective, gain trust, be helpful, and really understand the historical context of the org and how it was structured and how the board works and all of these things before you start thinking you know everything and making suggestions, and honestly, you don't need to jump in and be the hero and change everything because then that's not even good for the organization. Like I could step into a lot of these orgs I work with and promise to fix everything. Like oh, I can set up all your systems and processes for you. I can do your strategic plan. I can do your impact roadmap. I can, I could, but then when I leave, it leaves them like, yeah, Rebecca was this great person for us, but like, we don't know who we are without her. And that's not how you want to leave people right? You want the organization to do great. So how do you set people up for success? How do you contribute, uh, you know, really valuable work product and be seen as valuable without being the savior? Put in the time, get as much historical context of the org as you possibly can. And one way you can do this is a, a perspective change of seeing every role that you take on as a paid internship, okay? So I have done work that I hate doing. I have done so many jobs that I don't wanna do. I don't like social media. For some reason, at every org I've worked at, they've handed over communications to me and social media and marketing plans. I don't have a background in marketing. But you know what? I've taken it because I've thought, you know what? Maybe God has a plan for me to be able to do my own marketing one day or for me to be able to use this. Obviously, I'm marketing right now by being on YouTube. I just take it as like, you know what? They are paying me and I'm gonna learn something. I also offer to do things that I want to learn. So I hear that there's a big grant that they're like, oh my gosh, we don't have any capacity to write this grant. And I have no clue how to write, you know, a big federal grant either. But I'm like, I can do it. 
And at least I try and I submit something. And now I can say I have the experience of applying for and maybe winning big federal grants. Um, if they're like, we need help figuring out how to send out emails to our donors, like step up and go YouTube. Like, how do I do a fundraising campaign? Because I have sat there before and thought this is not my job. They did not hire me for fundraising. But what you're going to find working for a nonprofit is you do everything, right? Like anybody that will step up to do something will get whatever job it is. doesn't matter if it's in their job description. So be strategic. I'm not saying take on everything. And I have had to really sit, like step back with what I take on because I also know in these orgs, if you take it on, you then own it. It's not like you did a favor for a month and then... And then somebody goes, thank you so much for building the website. We're now taking that off your plate because it was never in your job. No, like now you're the person that does the website forever and always. So be careful what you take on. But if there is something, determining evaluation measures for your programs, running a new program, setting up your you know engagement strategy or your marketing plan or anything that they need that you're like, that would be awesome on a resume. Um, another skill that I'd like to do it is a paid internship. You are literally at work and at school. And that's how you should see that. And then you get seen as valuable, somebody that steps up. You also learn the skill of like figuring it out. Everything is figure out a bowl. And you would be amazed at how many employees, nah, they're just not that smart. You know, they just don't have that like grit that figure outableness about them. They wait, they sit there and wait and say, I didn't know what you wanted me to do. And you're like, all right, well, figure it out. Okay. So that's one big thing with my employees. I have a big, my pet peeve is if I say, can you do this thing? And I come back to them and they're like, I didn't quite know how you wanted me to write the introduction paragraph. It's like, well, start somewhere. Um, so open a Google doc, figure it out. Don't be afraid of it being crap because honestly, it probably, I have had employees hand me crap and I'm like, eh, this is really bad. I never tell them that. I'm like, awesome, cool, we can work with this. So this is how I would usually lay this out. The only thing I don't like is coming back to me with, I didn't know where to start. Be somebody that figures out where to start. Grant applications, research projects, uh, writing up, you know, drip email campaigns, any of that stuff. If you are the person that can open, because even the executive directors and stuff, they want to just edit stuff. If you are the person that can open a blank document and start, you've already increased your value so much because I love starting with blank and most people really need like, can you just throw something together and I'll wordsmith it? Sure. And that brings me into my third point, which is be valuable, which I've just told you how to be valuable, but... I would find myself like wanting to pull my hair out and freak out because the systems and processes we use are just like horrible. And um, the way we do them, the reasoning for how we do them, it's just like not okay. And I want to have that conversation with leadership. I want to say to leadership, this is like not okay. We're completely incompetent. We aren't getting back to people in a timely manner. We're not thanking donors. Like not okay. Did it? I've tried that, of course, because I am Rebecca and I am direct, but it doesn't serve me very well because people feel defensive and people feel like you're just attacking them. And, oh, I, I, I would also give that criticism and then I'd step back and say, 
so you should change that, <laughs> but it's not my job. <laughs> so like, that's not even helpful. What you're going to do is if it's something you care enough about, like if you don't care about writing thank you notes to donors, but you think that you really should be writing thank you notes and you can't believe that they don't write thank you notes, don't bring it up. If you're not willing to write the thank you notes, don't bring it up. Like, because guess what? They don't have a solution either. They're at capacity too. But if it's something you really care about, like I have wanted to launch new project management software. I've wanted a new website. I've wanted donor management software. Like there's, there's projects that I'm like, oh my gosh, uh, launching Google data studio so that we can get all our metrics in one place. Like there's been projects that I've been like, I really want to do this. It's going to cost money. And I don't know if they're going to be bought in. So the way that I bring it up is I frame these solutions as something to help leadership. I go to them. I don't talk about how messed up they are. I don't talk about how I'm the best thing since sliced bread, even though we know I am. I sit down and I say, listen, this is what I want to do. This is my vision. This is how we can do it. This is what the cost will be. I have done the whole plan. Like put out a plan, put out a budget. If you are not willing to put out a plan, put out a budget and take on some of the work, don't propose it because I have been a nonprofit executive director as well. And everybody has a plan. Everybody has how we should change things, but they haven't looked into the overarching cost. They don't know how much work it will really take. They say they will handle it all, but it ends up falling on me. These are the things that executive leadership are nervous about. And they actually want to hear that you are thinking about the budget. You are thinking about how much staff it will really take. So if you can make a case, which if you want to be in a leadership position, you're going to have to do cost analysis and you're going to have to make a case anyway. So open a Google doc and write out pros and cons of the different, you know, don't just complain that you need a new donor management software, open it up, list out the pros and cons of all the different donor management software, list out the different costs, list out, um, how you might do a fundraising campaign, create a pitch deck for it. Like take on the work as your own thing and show like, if we do this and, and I'll take on most of it, it will take this much of your time, but this is what we'll get in the end. Um, I wanna help you. Always frame new solutions as something that will help leadership and show them the work that you've put into it. And then it's like, it gets easier every time. Then you're like, okay, well, one, you'll learn something. Okay, so I have learned before, like next time I'm never going to say I want to launch a new software because it was horrible and we didn't adopt it and nobody else was bought in and we spent money, but we're still not using it. Okay, so then I learned like I had this great idea and it didn't work anyway. So maybe leadership was right. Maybe, maybe I didn't have the best idea. And maybe this is what leadership was afraid of, a new person coming in with a new idea and it didn't end up working out and... Okay. So you start learning some perspective and you really start sitting back and thinking about like, when it comes to being in leadership, you really need to think of all the stuff. And then you need to be willing to take on things that are important and that are aligned with what you want to do aligned with the mission and that you actually think will better the organization. The deal is, is the way to get into leadership is to be 
valuable. The more things that you do take on, you know, if you do that marketing thing, if you do those fundraising emails, now you're somebody that's like integral part of the team because you're cross trained and you've stepped into a whole bunch of different things and they can't lose you, right? If they did lose you, that would be really bad. And then when there is time for a promotion, you're an obvious choice. And the thing is, is the more you can do and you can add value, then you don't need to argue for a raise. You don't need to say, I should be paid the same rate as da. They can't afford to lose you. Okay? So be positive, even if it's like there's some things that are messed up. And you can talk about things being messed up in a way that's like, and it's okay, I get it. We're going to make it through this and I'm going to help instead of sitting back and just saying, you guys should fix this so I want to be here. Okay. And the more value you add, the more they just can't deny your value. You're like one of the most valuable people there. It doesn't matter if you're a woman or a man or whatever, like you've stood up, you've done the stuff, you've proven yourself over time. And may you have to prove yourself more than a man. Yes, you might. We all have biases. You might need to prove yourself more than the executive director's son because he works there. Life isn't fair. Okay. But if you take everything as what works for me, what do I want to learn and how can I really contribute to this nonprofit without feeling like I'm jeopardizing my own values and I feel like this is working for both of us. This is a, a you know, collaborative effort to get both of our needs met, the mission's needs met, my professional goals uh, met. And sometimes I've even just asked for a title change. I've said, I don't want any more pay, but I want the director level title. And I was given that at one point because it was like, at least on my resume, I want to be recognized for the work I'm doing. And leadership should know that that probably means that you're going to want to leave at some point because you just want your resume to look good and you don't care about the pay. But think about what really works for you and advocate for yourself. Okay. Put in the time and just be super valuable. All right. I hope this gets you jazzed up about getting into leadership, really sitting back, looking at things like that's interesting. How could I be of help? How could I be the first one to write up the solution? Really shift from somebody should tell me what to do. Somebody should make me feel good about being here. Somebody that's their job, not my job. And then switching into that. All right, we're, let's be strategic. Let's be a leader. Let's drive new pathways. Let's come up with innovations. It's that mind shift and people will really respect it for respect you for that, especially if you're presenting everything as uh, a solution and not as a problem. All right. Don't forget to go grab your free web class at forpurposelive.com slash secrets. And thank you guys so much for your service to this world. I also want to ask you, please like and subscribe. It's really helpful to get more people this content until next time. Oh. <laughs>